on the phone. Now that's 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 the real question. And uh here he is. Wayne, are you there? <laughs> I'm here. Okay, very good. Yeah, yeah that was uh that was a little crazy there for a minute. <laughs> so welcome to Blog Talk Radio. It's Tuesday again and uh our guest is uh well, a very good personal friend of mine, and we go all the way back to uh, being college roommates together. Um, and uh, so it's a great delight to be working with him again. And he is with us at, at the catch as an associate pastor. Um, and uh, he has been a pastor in Modesto for a number, a number of years. Um, and uh, he can tell us if he wants to. <laughs> how many um but uh but Wayne has Wayne has been very much thrown into uh without even you know choosing it I think initially um some of the issues that uh are facing a lot of Christians today and some that that are a lot of Christians are just skirting actually because uh, there are not easy answers. And so uh, we are going to talk, take on uh, a, a, a vital but uh, uh, controversial and scary topic. And that is the whole idea of justice. Now, the thing is, justice is supposed to be um, a major part of our Christianity is certainly a major part of God's <clears throat> God's heart, and uh, you know I mentioned in the catch today 130 mentions of justice in the Old Testament, uh, 15 in the New. It all depends on which translations you're looking at, but it's a hefty amount, in other words, and uh, it's just obvious that uh, justice is important to Jesus. Um, you, you get the sense of the whole uh, gospel, and you notice that that God is kind of an equalizer. You know, he, he, he lifts up the poor, and he humbles the proud. He, the first shall be last, the last shall be first. Um, this is this is what he does. He he uh, uh, he blesses the poor, and, and and he challenges the rich. He says, "Woe to the rich! 
and uh, you, you've got much more that you're going to have to deal with. Uh, the poor are blessed because they know they're poor, and they know also that leads them to their own spiritual poverty, which will lead them to to their salvation. So um, that's in a nutshell. Uh, what we're what we're up against is um, how different um, you know we are. And uh, and and how this whole idea of of justice has gone down since well for our age uh, the boomers uh, going back to the 60s and the civil rights movement uh, that's where at least for us it all started and um, I, I I made this very personal one I wrote today. Um, I wrote it that uh, I think I might be missing something, and and because I am, I, I I'll be the first one to admit that uh, justice isn't a big deal for me, and uh, uh, it hasn't been, and I'm not even sure I fully understand it. So uh, this is what Wayne is going to hopefully help us with t- today, tonight, on Blog Talk Radio. Please please welcome my my friend, Pastor Wayne Bridegroom. Wayne, welcome. Hey, hi, John. <laughs> Good to be with you again, brother. Okay. Yeah, I know. Okay, that was a that was a kind of a rough intro, but what I'd like you to start <laughs> with is, um, you know, why we just don't hear much about justice in in the white suburban church. We certainly do in the black church, but the white suburban church, yeah. you don't hear much. And even if I go back to the Jesus movement, I don't see uh, the gospel was the big deal, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. I don't see justice as being a big deal. And yet you can't, you can't get away from the fact that if you read the Bible, you have to come to the conclusion that justice is a big deal. So to God. So how, how has this happened, Wayne? Um, is this just part of our fragmented society that that we've just been separated like this? Um, no, frankly, I think it's more of a uh, theological issue. Um, hmm. If you um, if you go back to the uh, Second Great Awakening, uh, roughly the first four and kind of into the fifth decade of of uh of the 1800s uh you will find the uh uh the church uh, very very involved in social issues of course at that time the big issue was slavery but uh uh, uh the church took on uh women's issues and, and and so on at the time then um what what happened was um um the <laughs> the 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 church of that the, the protestant church of that era was uh primarily reformed in its theology uh in other words you know going back to calvin and and, and luther and it was in uh 1840 uh, that uh the dispensational movement uh, started you you just simply can't find it in church history prior to 1840 mm. and um, 
and that is uh, the easiest way to uh, identify dispensationalism is to talk about the rapture, okay, the, the, the premillennial rapture, and, and, uh, and then there's going to be the seven-year tribulation and da-da-da-da-da. Well, you don't find that in Reformed theology. You don't find it in Lutheran theology. You don't find that in Catholic theology. You don't find that in Orthodox theology. Hmm. And so there was this, there's been a, um, uh, a part of that movement has always been concerned about the end times. And obviously there's nothing wrong with that, okay? Jesus right. is coming again. Amen. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's like, you know, remember um, uh, Thessalonians. Paul had to tell the people, hey, get off your behind and get to work because some of them had actually quit work and were, you know, sitting on a hillside somewhere outside of Thessalonica waiting for Jesus to come again. Ah. And, uh, and we have had, and, and it's, it's, it's not that we have gone to those lengths, but uh, I just, you know, I remember my, my predecessor at uh, Central Baptist, Harold Knowles, uh, he was in the Navy in World War II, uh, into it late, and so was part of the occupation of Japan. And I remember him telling me that um, uh, um, that the, the church was just absolutely convinced that Jesus was coming back then because Rome was a uh, city set on seven hills and Mussolini, you know, da-da-da-da-da. Well, mm-hmm. here we are, what, 80 years later after World yeah. War II and so there's there's just been this concentration on the second coming of Jesus, and it's like, oh man, Jesus is coming soon, and so we've just got to get as many people saved as we can, and nothing else. Frankly, well, no, I'm exaggerating. Little yeah, I'm else no, you're not. <laughs> I think you're right on. Yeah, it's, uh-huh. yeah, and, and so there's just been this. Uh, uh, concentration in, in, in much of the white evangelical church um, to um, um, focus on evangelism and uh, and the second coming. And, I, you know, you'll remember that uh, when, when we were young, uh, uh, the late great planet Earth and, right. and then, oh, I wish we'd all been ready, you know, that stuff. Um, um, so I, so I, I, I think I think um, theology um, uh, has something to do with it. Um, the the other thing, or or one other thing, uh, it's not nice to bring up, but frankly, it's the issue of power. Uh huh. Um, and and that is the. You know the old saying that uh, when it comes to war, the victors write the history, and um, uh, uh, and 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 in society, it's the the those who are powerful who basically write the political agenda, hmm. and 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 I mean you go all the way back to colonial times. And what was the power? It, you know, it was primarily uh, English uh, and English settlers, you, you know, but I mean, the, the Scotch, the people from Scotland came and France and Germany and so on. 
uh, a little bit later. But the point is that um, up until hmm, you know what, I'm not I'm not too sure I can give it a date, but certainly through the Civil War, power in this country resided in white Protestant uh, America, mm-hmm. and. Um, and, 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 and since then, um, the, uh, immigration of, of the Irish was incredibly troublesome. They were white, but the problem was, is that they were Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, the immigration of Jews, how long did it take the Jewish population, if I can put it this way, to become white? Um, and, and then... Then, then, then started getting immigrants who were not white, and that that became a threat. And then when you read stuff like we've been reading for the last, say, 20 years, that mm-hmm. by the year 2042, 43, 44, somewhere right in there, there is no longer going to be a majority white and white Protestant in particular, but no longer a majority white population in the United States. Right. And, and, and that, I don't know, John, just that this is just my own opinion, but to be blunt, I, I, I think, I, I think a, a lot of, I think a lot of white evangelicals are afraid of that. And I think uh, we preachers, bear much of that fault because I can remember in my early days, um, it was like, oh man, don't send your kids to those secular universities. You don't want to send them to UC Berkeley or UCLA because they're going to lose their faith there because they're just a bunch of liberals at that place. And for mm-hmm. heaven's sake, don't read the New York Times or the Washington Post because they're just secular, da, da, da. And, 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 and in this culture war thing, we have been in my opinion, we have been teaching our people that they need to be afraid of this, they need to be afraid of that, they need to be afraid of da-da-da-da-da, and the latest hmm. thing they need to be afraid of, of course, is CRT. Yeah. And so we've just, we have created uh, uh, yeah. a, a white evangelical church that is... Um, tends to be fear prone. Um, mm-hmm. Now, on the other hand, just to make a quick aside, um, many of my best past, pastor friends here in, in, in town are African-American. And I can tell you that they are every bit as evangelical as I am, mm-hmm. but they do not claim that label. They do. They, they call themselves the black church. They do not call themselves evangelical, even though their doctrine is evangelical. Hmm. Hmm. And, and, and that. I mean, just, <laughs> makes sense. yeah. Given the slavery and Jim Crow issues, the black church has 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 been preaching: you must be born again, and you must do justice altogether. I mean, at least that's been my experience with these with these brothers. But my guess is that primarily because of fear. I'm sure there are other things involved, but primarily because of fear, 
we have just we have we have separated those two to where in the white church if you're interested or, or involved in social justice well, you must be a liberal and you must not be born again and you must not believe the Bible and so on. Ah, ah yes. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> so Wayne, um, what, what can we do about this? Uh, you know, I get concerned that uh, we, we don't care about this because we're not confronted with it. You know, uh, um, if, if if we were attending a multiracial, multicultural church, then I think it might be different. Uh, and if we had friends well, well, yeah. all over the map, you know. Uh, well, yes and no. I, I'd say yes and no to that, John. Uh, okay. But the first thing, the the first thing I want I, I would say is uh, um, evangelicals. Tend to be incredibly compassionate. I mean, like uh, the flood of '97 here in Modesto, when it snowed and snowed and snowed and snowed in the Sierras in December, hmm. uh, and and then I think it was like December 27th, uh, uh, Hawaii, uh, a, a Pineapple Express came through out of Hawaii, and was rain, and it turned all that snow in the Sierras into mush, and our dams couldn't hold it back. You, our church got to the site before the Red Cross did, but it wasn't just our church. I mean, churches throughout the entire city jumped in and helped. And it was primarily the poor that got flooded, which is the way it typically is. But, mm-hmm. the, you know, I, I don't think it matters whether it's a, a hurricane, a flood, a tornado, or whatever. Um, man, the, the white church is there. They are, they are on it. Um, hmm. So that that's kind of an addendum, but in regard to in regard to your point, John. Now this is just my experience. I I don't I can't say that it's universal, but uh, <clears throat> what we Americans love to do is is assimilate, and and. Uh, my experience has been that if you have a few black people or a few Hispanic folks or a few Asian folks in a predominantly white congregation, those people of color may be people of color on the outside, but they have become white on the inside. Hmm. Hmm. And, and, and I don't, I think, I think there, I think there needs to be some, just um, deep, honest, gentle um, conversation, because mm. the, um, the the cultures the cultures are are different. Uh, let me let me find something mm. quick, John. And uh, okay, mishpat da 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 da. Uh, yeah, um, of of how we can learn from one another. This is mm-hmm. from Timothy Keller's book, Generous Justice. He's, he's quoting a Sri Lankan scholar by the name of Vinod Ramachandra, who mm. calls mishpat, which is the Hebrew word for justice, he, he calls it scandalous justice. Um, mm. He writes that in virtually all the ancient cultures of the world, 
the power of the gods were channeled through and identified with the elites of society, the kings, priests, and military captains, not the outcasts. To oppose the leaders of society then was to oppose the gods. But here, in Israel's rival vision, it is not high-ranking males, but orphans, the widow, and the stranger with whom Yahweh takes his stand. His power is exercised in history for their empowerment. So from ancient times, the God of the Bible stood out from the gods of all other religions as a God on the side of the powerless and of justice for the poor. Wow. And, and, and my, my experience, you know, with our congregations is that, uh, frankly, I need to humble myself because I have so much I can learn from them. Mm-hmm. And and, and uh, um, I, I mean, in my mind, I would agree with you. The, the ideal would be to have multiracial, multicultural churches, which is very similar to what they had at at, at, at Corinth and Ephesus and Colossae. Okay, mm-hmm. um, um, it, it makes it makes for a ton of work though because you have different cultures coming together and you know you're reading the same scripture but because the culture is different you're you're seeing that scripture through different eyes Mm -hmm. and i personally i think that's a good thing because we can learn from one another Um, right but but i i think I think ultimately that that's what has to happen in the church. And I, I know, I know there have been efforts towards that end, mm-hmm. but I also know that with the political turbulence of the last uh, five or six years, many people of color have pulled out of the white churches and, and gone yeah. back to their own racial comfort zone, as it were. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow. Well, um, of course, we it, it's not all racial either. It's 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 social and it's um, it's haves and have nots and and it's Absolutely. homeowners and homeless and um, you know all of that uh, hungry and full-bellied people. You know, I think um, I it just seems to me like God would have us, like you say, be more compassionate and sensitive uh, to those who don't have what we have, um, whoever they are. I think you're right, John. Yeah. And it is by no means, it is by no means just people of color. Right. Um, There are tons and tons of of uh, white uh poor disenfranchised folk in, in this nation i mm-hmm. don't know about other cities but i know in terms of the homeless here in modesto uh, there are more white homeless than there you know than any other uh, uh particular okay. racial group yeah um so i'm just i'm i'm, I'm not talking about "Quote unquote people of color." It's just it's it's across the board, um, but the 
the, the um, there we 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 need to we need to develop genuine friendships. Uh, hmm. You know, to the point where we where we understand and and can appreciate uh, those who are uh, different from us. Mm-hmm. And you know, the other thing, the other thing, John is is this this isn't just a prayer you say kind of a thing, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. It just flat out requires work. It it mm. it does, you know. I mean, this isn't. Uh, oh, I'm going out to coffee with, uh, you know, uh, uh, some homeless person or or someone from a black church or something like that. <laughs> it's 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 much it's much it's much much deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. we're we're just we're we. Um, we I'm I'm not condemning anyone. It's just it's true of all of us. We 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 just see life through our our own cultural eyes, hmm. and and that's and that's true. You know that's true for everyone. Yeah. Um, and anyway, uh, we are we are just we are really lacking mm-hmm. in in. Uh, conversation so yeah there are yeah. I, you know what john i i don't remember the name now and i'm sorry i don't but there is a there's a group they they don't operate out of woodland hills church in saint paul minnesota but somehow that church is involved mm-hmm. um where they get some uh 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 radical progressive left-wingers together and some Trumpian right-wingers together and they <laughs> actually sit down and have genuine conversation and and learn to appreciate one another but i mean it involves it it involves real leadership you mm-hmm. know that can keep things moving in the right direction it, in, it involves people willing to be intensely honest it involves people willing to listen, hmm. willing to listen, to report back to what they heard. And I, if, if a model like that could be uh, um, uh, moved over into these um, uh, justice issues, mm-hmm. um, I, I, think, I think that would be well, that would be helpful. I, I, but I also think, John, the other thing is um, to get back to a, a, a theological issue, and that is um, just how big is one's gospel? If, hmm. if one's gospel yeah. is pray the, pray the sinner's prayer, and when you die, you'll go to heaven, if, if that's it, at least my understanding, that's that's what I would call a truncated gospel Um uh, um, someone, someone asked John Ortberg, who was at Menlo Park Presbyterian Church for years, uh, "What's the gospel according to Jesus?" And it's like, you know, well, Jesus didn't preach the gospel. That you know, the apostles did that after he died on the cross. But mm-hmm. I mean, good night. If you read, if you read through the gospels, it's the answer is real simple: repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
Mm. That, that's what Jesus preached, and 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 that is a that is a a, a huge gospel because it, it's it's good news for all of all of life. Mm. You know, I mean, and obviously includes the fact that we are sinners who need to be forgiven. Okay, but but it's like. If Jesus is, is king, and he is, and if the kingdom is all about Jesus, then, then the good news is, is that, wait a minute, we can come into relationship with, with, this, with this Jesus who, who calls me friend, who forgives me, who is my all in all, and if the gospel is that big, then it means that Oh, it's the gospel is a whole lot bigger than the white middle class. Yeah, yeah. You know, I love that word. What what that says to me, Wayne, is uh, uh, just the word repent. Um, it means change. It means turn around. It's, right. it's if you're going to follow me, you you've got to make changes in your life, and uh, it's going to be yes. a different. And, uh, um, you know, I think, boy, the, the Christianity I've grown up with is almost like, how can we be Christians and, and get away with everything else that we want to do? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, I swear. I know. So we I don't know. have to change anything. I, <laughs> I know. I, I, I know I could... I could tell you, uh, I'll, I'll tell you a story. It's not a pleasant one, but I was speaking at another church here in town. Um, in It was a senior adult Sunday school class. And um, uh, afterwards, these two ladies came up. They had to be well into their 80s. And um, the, the, the one was there for moral support. And the other lady said, I've, I've never heard anyone dare to say, you, you know, the things that you have said, and which was similar to what we've been talking about here. And, um, and then she went on and told me a heartbreaking story. Her granddaughter, who lives here in town, uh, her family adopted a, a little girl from Mexico. And uh, and and this great grandmother just loves that little girl. She was six at the time. She was in a restaurant with a bunch of her lady friends from church, all very mm-hmm. elderly. And the granddaughter walks in with their adopted little gal, and the other ladies that go to her church said, "Why doesn't that little one go back to where she came from?" Mm. Mm. just absolutely broke her heart and it's like wait a minute these ladies are all in their 80s (laughs) they've been in church their entire life they know that we're all made in the image of God and yet they say that little six-year-old ought to go back to where she came from I just I mean that is incomprehensible it, it, yeah. It's it's so anti-biblical. It's so anti-Christ. But mm-hmm. I, 
I yeah. run into that kind of stuff all the time, John, and 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 mm-hmm. it just it it's like it's like um when I think it was when we talked a bit yesterday, I read um uh, about the um the genocide in Rwanda um more than a decade ago. Now, I think of the Hutu and Tutsi uh, the, the anyway, the two tribes there were thoroughly evangelical and yet they're massacring one another. And I forget who it was that commented on it that said, unfortunately, the Christianity we brought to Rwanda was an inch deep and a mile wide. Mm. And, and, and when I, and when I think about the reaction of those ladies in that restaurant, Mm -hmm. that's what I think Mm -hmm. about. It's Christianity an inch deep and a mile wide. And, but having said that, one of the things I am really grateful for, and and part of it certainly is 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 uh, what what you're doing because uh, 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 the catch is 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 uh, the, the discipleship effort is not an inch deep. It's much deeper than that. Okay. Yeah. Um, but. You know, like uh, uh, Renovari, uh, uh, Richard Foster, uh, the Dallas Willard Center at uh, Westmont, uh, Transforming Center with Ruth Haney Barton uh, back in Wheaton, uh, Imago Christi from uh, uh, um, uh, Anaheim. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Talbot Seminary now has uh, uh, three different types of master's degrees in regard to spiritual formation. The graduate school at Wheaton has a, a master's degree in spiritual formation, and so I am, I am, I am hopeful for the next generation of of pastors uh, mm-hmm. because they're coming out of, of tuitions um, where uh, discipleship is being taken seriously. Uh, when when I was in seminary, John, we were given Lewis Berry Chafer's "He That Is Spiritual." And we were supposed to read it, and that was the spiritual formation. That was it. Nothing more. Wow. And and so I I am mm. I am greatly encouraged by uh, what's mm. going on in in a number of our our theological seminaries, and then right. these other groups that are not associated with any seminary, but they are saying to lay people and pastors alike. Mm-hmm. You know, there's more than a simplistic Christianity. Let's let's dig into it and 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 let's let's learn and work together uh, to be to you know to become as much like Jesus as we possibly can. Let's support one another in in, in that endeavor. And so, uh, in in that regard, I'm encouraged because if 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 people do that, lay people as well as pastors then mm-hmm. you're, you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to uh, run away from this justice issue. You're, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to say, oh, well, they made a bunch of bad decisions, you know, and therefore you, they, they, you know, they need to lay in the bed they made. Well, you know, when you look at the scripture and Mishpat and, and, and uh, Sudoku uh, and, and, uh, um, uh, yeah, Sudoku. Yeah, I play Sudoku. <laughs> um, it's. I mean, there are there are three reasons in Scripture for poverty, and and one of them 
primarily has to do with what you said at the intro. It, it's the greediness of, of, of those that have. Hmm. And, uh, and then another one is, uh, has to do with um, uh, natural disaster, you know, hmm. that, that can make people real poor real quick. And, yeah. and the other one has to do with uh, bad decisions that people hmm. make. Hmm. But having said that, overwhelmingly, it's not even close, overwhelmingly, the, the, the reason uh, for being disenfranchised in a society has to do with the behavior of those that are running the society. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let, me, let me just read what Dr. Bruce Waltke was at Dallas when I was there. Um, uh, he left there uh, because he moved away from dispensationalism to reform theology and was at Westminster Seminary. Uh, okay. But um, uh, 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 Old Testament scholar Bruce Walke concludes, after studying both the word mishpat and its kin- kindred word tzedakah, which is often translated righteousness, that in the Old Testament, the righteous, in other words, the tzaddik, are willing to disadvantage themselves to advantage the community, and the wicked are willing to disadvantage the community to advantage themselves. Ah, yeah, there you go. And that well, and that summarizes that summarizes it 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 it, it pretty well. well. I, I mean, it's obviously mm-hmm. it's a complicated issue, you know, and uh, there aren't any easy answers. I, I yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember the African American gentleman's name. He he was at Harvard, but he's not there anymore. Uh, his definition of justice, I like. Justice is love made public. Hmm. hmm. Wow, that's great. Justice is love wow. made public. Or if you want to, it just dawned on me before we got on the call here. If God is love. Hmm. Then justice is God made public. <laughs> is God made public? Huh. Wow. Well, Wayne, I hate yeah. to say it, we're uh, we're over time, and uh, uh, my time uh, is going to run out here in just a few minutes. So um, that we ended on a good note, though. I think you brought in some positive encouragement there, and. Uh, I also want us to think as we as we walk away from this conversation about that that word repent because I, I really think that hit me. I think I need uh, I think we all need a level of repentance in our life, and it's that's not just a one time thing. You don't just repent once right. and then you're on your way. No, you 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 continually yeah. do that as you find out more. Uh, about how wrong you are about things, and uh, and so yeah. we have to constantly change our minds and adjust and be humble and willing to admit that. And uh, so let's think along those lines, and let's think along the lines of how do we increase the uh, the opportunities of those who are who are disadvantaged who are within our reach and they are. Yeah. So, yeah. Amen. So, yeah. And it's not go. as if I'm any kind of 
not any kind of spiritual giant, John. Our church was just in the neighborhood where (laughs) we Mm -hmm. either had to repent and change and do things a different way or else close the doors 40 years ago, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. But, uh, you know, the rest of us will have to reach out and do it anyway, you know, and uh, um, be intentional about uh, seeking to uh, bring justice to those who have been ill-treated. So uh, this is great. Wayne, Amen. thank you. We, we barely scratched the surface, but uh, we're off to a good start. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I thank you so much for your time. And, uh, and God bless you and cool. your wife and family. Okay? And cool. likewise to you, John and Marty. Okay, okay Wayne, thank you uh, so much. Well, there we go, folks. Bye-bye, John. Bye-bye. Just getting started about this whole idea of justice. God teach us, Lord, teach us about justice. Hope we can make it better.